You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Yo, what up? This is Manny Digital, and today I'm sitting with the all-time leading scorer in the University of Texas history. He played professionally in the NBA and all throughout Europe. He left the pros for over a decade only to come back and earn his degree. He's a St. Raymond alumni, and while there, took home Mr. Basketball New York Honors, and he's one of the prides of the Boogie Down. Our guest, Mr. Terrence Lamont. Okay. Wrencher. Okay, I, mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, see, I like I like to use things that aren't common, right? Because I'm sure not so many people call you Lamont. No, maybe your parents, like, maybe loved ones, yeah. right? So yeah, I like to spook <laughs> y'all a little bit. Um, yo, man, thank you. Uh, I know, obviously, you live in California, and you're here with your family, which I, I really respect and admire um, that you even carve out some time for me because mm-hmm. I don't let nothing come in the way of you know, especially when I'm traveling with my right, family. Right. Very few and far between where I would hang out and do something like this. So I really appreciate it. And thank, thank you to the family as well. Because oh, no, they good. say no, it's no. You're right. You're right. But um, <laughs> now we, you know, we, we're, we're a true unit, man. You know what I mean? We move as one. And, you know, my journey is their journey and vice versa. So that's you know, dope. It all worked out. So, so speaking of journeys, yeah. uh, we're here to talk about yours. I want to, uh, obviously, you know, you're from the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, and you've, you've gone all throughout the world. And you, you sit, you've sat in positions that, people can only dream about yeah. right what do you recall being that first initial experience that kind of drove you into the game of basketball man I, i'll be honest man I, I i don't really remember my life without the game right i mean whether that's sitting with my father watching games on tv the old knicks michael ray richardson bernard king mm-hmm. um you know the, the the early 80s late 70s um, so I, I don't even know if it was a moment. I don't think I had a moment. I just think it was almost, I was almost born into it. You know, my dad was a player and then he fan and then my brother was a player and a big fan of the game. So it was just part of my bloodline, man. And, you know, kind of, kind of my calling from day one. So I never really had that, you know, that, that voila moment to say, you know what, basketball is my path and that's what I want to do. It's just kind of been intrinsic. Got it. Yeah. So you, you mentioned your dad and your brother were mm-hmm. players. To what degree were they uh, basketball players. Well, my, my 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 father, you know, he played in high school. He actually went up to uh, went down to Laurenburg Prep. Oh yeah, uh, down North in North Carolina. Carolina um, played, was good friends and played with a dude named Charlie Scott. Charlie Scott ended up being a point guard in North Carolina and played in the NBA for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, grew up in Harlem together with my father. Um, but you know, he went down there in, 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 into the um, you know into the woods and you know for a Harlem dude, you know that that, that was tough. tough. So you know that that was kind of you know his summit. At the, of the game. And then okay. my older brother, you know, he, he did the whole thing. He played for Riverside Church. He went to Tallentine, um, 
you know, the great the great Talentine program, you know, obviously no longer exists, but um, you know, was on the same teams with, you know, you know, Malik Sealy, rest in peace and um, you know, a lot of those great players. Oh, so I was around not, the game at a high level. He's not that much older. Uh, than no, you. he's five years older. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I was at a, I was around that game at a high level, um, from an early age. Um and then, you know, after high school that was pretty much it, uh, for my for my brother in terms of being a player. So, you know, Absorbing those experiences and, and, and being at the triple headers on Friday nights and, mm-hmm. you know, feeling that vibe, days. just wanting to be um, on that court at some point in my life. Um, you know what? If you, you know, China, I'm sorry to go to backtrack to your first oh. question. That might be if I if I had to say there was a moment that said, you know what, I, I got to get all in and, and go hard at this. It was probably going to those games, you know, the, the, the Friday night triple headers, yeah. Rice. Hayes, All Hollows, Christ the King, Malloy, you know, you know, you know the league. And you, so. and you were doing this because your brother was playing. Yeah, so and I was, you know, I was the manager and, Got you know, it. I was with them all the time. You know, I was a little guy shooting at halftime and yeah. in between quarters and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just probably that's probably, you know, to answer your question, your first question, that's probably where it really, really hit me that I wanted to really make a run at it. Were you were you looking at your brother kind of like, uh, man, aspiring to be like him as far as his basketball prowess and and you know dedication you know what I, I i was always like a big fan of my older brother um i loved to watch him play oh you know it killed me when they lost i was happy when they won probably a little bit more even than he was but yeah. to be honest in my mind i wanted to be better what was your you know brother's I mean? name his name I was said, paul i said was i yeah, didn't mean paul was. paul paul Rencher paul. jr okay. yeah that's both my dad and my brother okay uh, paul Rencher senior paul Rencher jr but you know i always admired his game and you know you know, I was a big fan of his, but in my mind, I wanted to be a better player, and uh, I always felt that I would be. You know what I mean? Just in the spirit of competition. Not on some cocky stuff. No, nah, just, just like just, you just knew just you aspiring. Do yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And um, at, so as you're looking at all these different players, you know, coming up, and, and you, like you said, you're the ball boy. You're seeing, I mean, top talent mm-hmm. all over the Kenny Catholic Smith, leagues. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah. What What was? Do, do you recall like one of the like big games? That, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Kenny Smith senior year at Malloy. Um, watched at Fordham. They played the city championship. I remember he had a bad knee, he had a like a uh, brace on his knee. He wasn't hundred percent, but you know everybody already knew who Kenny Smith was. He was going to North Carolina. Uh, I think in the game before, um, there was a dude named Doctor Band Aid, dude named Derek Chivas. Uh, he ended up going to Missouri, played in the NBA for a little bit. Um, so it was just like those dudes were kind of larger than life. You know what I mean? I'm like seven, eight years old, oh, yeah. and you know Fordham used to be rocking uh, for the high school games and. You know, the, that that was a moment that kind of stands out to me, you know, when I think back on, on, on my childhood and, you know, some of the things that influenced me in terms of what I was able to directly um, absorb. absorb. Uh, so it was probably that night I fought him for the city championship. I wish I would I knew what year it was. Uh, I probably could figure it out, but I don't, I don't want to take don't your worry, time The good thing that. about this podcast, we don't fact check anything. All right, so good. <laughs> I'll take everything you say. All right, so we're really going to step it up. Yeah, yeah, we step it up, for real. Um, so, all right, so... Uh, I mean, you're like you're inundated mm-hmm. with amazing talent, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even in your own household, right. you get to a point where you're like, you know, mature enough as far as your skill set to, you know, you're playing middle school. I'm mm-hmm. sure at some point, where did you where did you play middle school? Uh, IS one sixty seven West Farms. Okay, yeah. And then from there, you go to uh, well, eventually you get to high school. Yeah, yeah. What was the decision process as far as you figuring out where you wanted to go? Yeah, and how good were you basketball yeah, wise yeah, to yeah. determine that? Well, you know, it's it's crazy, man. When you that story, just first of all, in seventh grade, you know, I got mentioned in Sports Illustrated as you know one of the best seventh graders, which was kind of bogus. I didn't know that, but I'm glad you mentioned. It was kind of bogus how it came, how it all came together. Uh-huh. I went, I went to uh, tryout at Riverside Church for twelve and under the twelve U tryouts. 
And, um, you know, I had already, I hadn't been playing with them, but I had been around the program because my older brother played, you know, for the 15s and, yeah. or whatever. So I knew the coaches and everything. So I went to the tryout. And, um, you know, I was one of the better players there, and I played well. And happened to be a guy from Sports Illustrated at the tryout. Dumb luck. And he asked the coach, like, who one of your better, who is some of your better seventh graders? And he pointed at me, and a week or two later, my name was in Sports Illustrated. Wow. So, you know, I got up on it early in terms of how the rankings and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's not always 100%. Okay. Uh, but I benefited in, the, in, in, in that regard. So, Did you, know, you see immediate great. hype around you after that? Neighborhood, okay. you know what I mean? Like my neighborhood area hype kind of stepped up from there. Um, everybody kind of knew I was a good little player in the, in the hood, but from there it kind of validated it. Then, you know, people started wanting to come to my middle school games to really see if the kid was good, like, legit, like yeah. you know, how, how legit it was. Um, and then it's funny in terms of, you know, selecting St. Raymond's. First of all, you know, I got recruited. Like Gary DeCesar used to come to my games in Castle Hill and Kipps Bay and, you know what I mean, like, like a college coach does to high school kids, yeah. you know, he was doing that, you know, for me in terms of equipment. And, and a lot of schools did that, Talentine, All Hollows. You know, I got recruited to high schools, going on high school visits yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, Which but is crazy, right? It's crazy. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. 12, 13 years old. Yeah, it's very competitive. So what happened was we were, we had practice at Riverside one night, and after practice was me, book, you know, my, you know free book, yeah, obviously. Um, it was a couple of us, a couple other of us. We went to the game. It was the Archdiocese Championship. It was St. Ray's against Talentine. It was at Mount St. Michael. And it was Chuck. It was um, with, with St. Ray's with Chuck Martin, Dal Reed, Eddie Rivera, Mike Thompson, that crew. Yeah. And, um, you know, St. Ray's wasn't really bubbling like that at the time, right? So they ended up winning the, you know, winning the, the Bronx Manhattan Championship that night and kind of got them a blip on the radar a little bit. And me and Book kind of sat there and looked at each other like, yo, you know, that, that program ain't really established. Once them dudes are gone, you know, we, we could step in there and kind of make that thing our own. Mm. You know, and, you know, Talent Time was already Talent Time. And they, they had been doing big things for a while, all hollows, all the haze. Yeah, they had their rep. Yeah, they had their rep already. So that was kind of the night we decided, you know what I mean, we're we going to go to St. Ray's and, and try to turn that thing up and take it to another level. And eventually that, that's exactly what happened. So, so y'all, so, and by the way, when, when he, he references book, for those that may not know, because we, we got fans all over the world, mm -hmm. if you didn't know this. Um, putting it out there. <laughs> um, Emmanuel Book Richardson is the gentleman he's talking about. Um, so you guys are eighth graders, mm -hmm. and you're sitting there watching this game, yep. and that conversation just sparked. That was it. That's that was crazy. It. Yep. So, yeah, we can go in there, and when them dudes leave out of there, we, to be honest with you, because they, they were 11th graders at the time. Yeah. And we was looking, you know, we were kind of cocky. We was looking at it like, look. I bust his ass. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, it was only one dude out of that four or five dudes that was like, man, he, we ain't ready for him, but we could take them other dude spots. Not what about, knowing what about Tyler Brown? We were you looking at him like that? Um, no, Tyler was younger. With Tyler was younger than me. Was Tyler was right, like right, two right. years younger than I, okay. myself. But so. y'all did play together. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we played, we played right, together. Right. Tyler played behind me. But Chucky Martin, Chuck was Chuck was one of those guys. Right. Chuck, it was Chuck, Mike Thompson, Eddie right. Rivera. Um, but I'm saying, did you guys look at him like, yo, I, I body Chuck? Chuck was my position. So I always liked Chuck because he was okay. really fundamentally sound yeah. and he knew how to play. But yeah, you know the the the, the arrogant little yeah, the arrogant little boy in me said, "Man, I'm better than that guy." Don't worry, I'm sure. Which Chuck, I wasn't Chuck at the does time. It to this day, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. To everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's just the cockiness of 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 you know of how we had to you know get through the. The hood. Yeah, the hood in terms of the competition and trying to rise to the top and, and all that kind of stuff. You had kind of had that had to have that type of belief in yourself. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I was boarded on cockiness and arrogance. And when we got to St. Ray's, obviously Gary found a way to, 
chop all that, that thing in. down and, and 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 build it back up from there. But yeah, that was kind of the mindset of terms of getting us the same race. You you did so like I, I'm I'm just picturing you. You know, seventh grade. You said when sport, the mm-hmm. SI um, yeah. piece came out. You you in seventh grade. How swole was your head at that point? When I mean, because you in a magazine, like you you have a reason to be extra cocky if you chose to be. Were did you accept that? Were you were you that guy? Around certain people. Okay. Be honest with the you. People you know that kind of needed it. The, uh, yeah, around the man. people that didn't. You believe it the way I wanted them to believe it. Yeah, I, you know, pump the chest you out a little bit more. But you know, around the people that you know, had, you know, already knew how how I can get down at that age. You know, I, I tried to try to stay as humble as possible. It was hard to do though, man, because you know I didn't even know. I woke up to go to school one morning. My older brother had to, you know, shoulder had the, the book on the table, showed me and my parents, and I went to school from that. And you know, it was like. It's kind of like a surreal deal, you know what I mean? Like Sports Bro, I Illustrated. Can, I cannot be mad if you if I was your boy, right? And you came to school and you was like, "Yo, yeah, I was in SI," at, especially at that time where yeah. SI was like, the "Oh, that Bible. was it." Yeah. I I gotta look at you different, and I gotta let you, I gotta let you glow. I even you know I, I put my jacket on the floor for you just to <laughs> like you got it. You kind of it's nah. a, it's a, I like I, you know everybody I talk to for the podcast. I always say being young. Mm-hmm. And being nice at ball, right? Especially here in, in New York, there, there's a swarm of people that surround you yeah. that only boost your ego, absolutely, up, you know, tremendously. Yep. So, for a young person to know how to manage and maintain humility around something like that is nearly impossible. So I don't like if a kid is cocky, especially now with you know, yeah. social media going crazy. You get it? I, I wish it was different. Mm-hmm. But I can't fault them can't, for it. You can't. You can't. Yeah. And, and you know, it was for me. It was a balance. I, you know, my parents were proud, but they were. You know, they didn't. They was like, "You still Terrence." Yeah, I was still that guy to them. Lamar, so, you better. Wa- yeah, you better all relax. Of that, all of that. So <laughs> it, it wasn't like I was surrounded by the gloating, and you know, okay. it was like my guys in the hood, and you know, just that pride of it. That was probably where it came from more so. You know, right. what I mean, just the dudes I grew up with. I was around every day, and we was going to this boys' club or that hood or whatever, and they would, they would, they would put that out there. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's where I got the gloat from was my guys. Okay, um, you know, family. They, you know, they were proud, they were happy, but kind of was what it was. They look beyond you know, that. They're, like, yeah. they're more concerned about the person. Yeah, versus... they knew they knew who I was at the time, and right. I wasn't quite that dude that <laughs> was in Sports Illustrated, so <laughs> it was all good. But, no, I was lucky, man. I was lucky because it didn't take me to a place where, you know, where I, didn't, where I stopped working and I thought I was what I really wasn't at the time. So okay. uh, it actually served probably as a more of a motivating tool for me to, to live, up to, live up to it and stay at that, at that, you know, at that level, you know, for those next five years, you know, in the city. So that's kind of okay. how that went, yeah. That's good. That's not typical. A lot of people just rest on those laurels and kind of use that for the rest of their life. Yeah, but but also, too, uh, you know, I had a little bit of a... Foresight? Uh, 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 no, I've, not a little bit. I had the knowledge base of how it came together. Okay. You know what I mean? So I didn't feel like I really grinded for it in terms of I went to a national tournament and knocked everything off and was that guy and then they said yeah this is the seven this is the dude that just happened to be at our workout one day and I played good and so I kind of always kept that in my mind and kind of knew that you know it was just one of them things it was just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay so you you at St. Raymond now so you and Book teamed up Orlando Orlando's Mm -hmm. there right Dana Dana Dingle's there Dana's already there so Dana told me a story right and I would love to hear your your point Mm -hmm. of view on it so in the episode that we did with him, he mentioned he went to St. Raymond basically on a technicality. Like yeah. he was not meant, meant to go there. He went because he wanted to play baseball originally. Yeah. 
he got there in September when mm-hmm. school opens, and he realized then that trials had already happened right. for baseball. So I guess y'all are playing in the gym or what have you, and then I guess at the time he's really tall dude for yeah, for his age, not, yeah. and he was he was decent play play wise, and y'all was like, yo, you should come out and play, you know, play with us or try out. So how how was that? How did you view his game, and were you one of those people that was like, "Yo, come, let's let's see if we can make something happen"? Yeah, we, we knew, you know, we knew each other from, you know, Dana was a year younger than me, so, but I knew Dana from, you know, the Kips Bay, Castle Hill, Soundview, you know, before we got to high school, you know, playing and all that stuff. So I already knew him. Um, I knew he liked to play baseball. I, now I didn't know he went to St. Ray's to play baseball. Yeah, that's what he told me. You know, us. once he got there, you know, because we had hooped against him and with him in the streets all the time, I thought he was coming to be a part of our thing. So. Mm-hmm. I thought he was shutting baseball down. I had no idea that he was coming there to play baseball. So that's new information to me. You, you know go. what I mean? So I just thought, all right, we got another piece, um, you know, that, that we're putting together to get this thing rolling. So you already assumed he was coming I was just, ball. Yeah, yeah, I mean. So you counted him as one of the squad. If you if if you ran with us any shape, way, shape, or form, there was only reason he was coming to St. Ray's. Right. We were running track and playing baseball. Right, no right. disrespect no, and no, all no. that kind of stuff. Right. We, was, we was coming to get, a bit, come, get busy on that, on that hardwood. That's funny. So, so freshman year. How many of y'all ended up playing together in the, on the freshman squad? It was uh, me and Book. Uh, matter of fact, because Orlando didn't come till sophomore either, so okay. Orlando and Dana showed up at the same the same year. So me and Book, um, you know, that was one of the ways Gary, you know, got at our egos and 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 did the break them down and build them up process. He put us on freshmen, and then he put five other freshmen who didn't play for the Gauchos Riverside. They didn't have nothing. Put them on JV. Ooh. So I was like, yo, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he was playing them games with us early, you know what I mean? And, and just had that fuel. He just kind of knew how to fuel it. And, um, you know, he would talk his talk about how, you know, he put them dudes on JV because they were better and how dare us think that we would play on varsity as freshmen and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he – I couldn't – obviously I couldn't see it as a 13-, 14-year-old dude. But, yeah, he definitely had a, ma- a, 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 a systematic – way of going about dealing with us and getting us to where he wanted us uh, to be in that program. So it was extremely humbling. That was probably the most humbling year of my, my whole life, just ninth grade, going to St. Ray's and everybody knowing that, you know, I was probably one of the better young guys in the building, but mm-hmm. I got to play on a freshman team, which ended up being good for for me because I played all the minutes. We actually made it to the city championship, and, you know, I, I got to just continue to get better. Yeah. Um, you know, varsity obviously probably wouldn't have been no minutes there. Um, and then JV was what it was, but it ended up being the right decision. Obviously, we hated it at the time, but it, it worked out. So how does a 13-, 14-year-old that knows they're, they're really good at what they're doing allow themselves to just fall in line, so to speak, and and know to not just fall in line and, like, coast, but fall in line and bust their butt? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because it's easy for somebody – like you mentioned earlier, it's easy for you to either be so bitter about it that you don't allow yourself to grow, mm-hmm. and so you kind of just lollygagging, and that just gonna hurt you later, or just quit and be like, "Yo, I'm out. I'm gonna go somewhere else where where they'll allow me to yeah. play." Well, I mean, that was just for me. I just, first of all, I, I've always, you know, the the rules of the game in terms of what it is to be a player, like to be coachable. That was one of the things I learned early. Mm. You know what I mean. So I always, I never wanted to be an issue. I always wanted to be coachable. I wanted to ha- have a, a reputation for that. So I was never going to shake the boat in that regard. So personally, you know, my own deal was, you know what, you, you got to live with that part of it. But at the same time, you know, f you, man, I'm about to show, you know, wow. that I am the guy that you're saying I'm not. 
Okay. No, I mean, so it was, you know, for some reason, you know, I always seem to find a balance, right? I always, I knew you had to be a coachable guy to continue on and, you know, get opportunities further down the line. But at the same time, you know, it was also a show and prove element to it. Like, okay, you doubt me, I'm gonna fall in line, but I'm gonna show you on a daily basis that I am who I say I am and not who you think I am. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was kind of that thought process. So you, you definitely are the type of person that takes on the challenge. Absolutely, you absolutely. To yeah. An yeah, And then it's funny, man, because as my career went on at St. Ray's, you know, me and Gary got really tight, spent a lot of time. He saw obviously he saw something in me that I, even I didn't know I had in me, and he the way he coached me was that way. It was like. He knew when I got angry, my game went to a really high level. So he knew how to poke and pry in, 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 the, midst, in the midst of games and say certain things to me and come at me in a certain way to get me to that boiling point. And then I'm about to play well, which is going to help the team play well, and then we're going, we're going to handle business. So, in that, in that regard, was there ever like a tipping point – or not a tipping point, but a, a moment where he kind of was right at that line where it almost would – would be counterintuitive to what he was trying to do. Do you recall anything yeah, like that? Yeah, it was like the first or second time we've had those conversations before when my freshman year, before I was in playing for him, I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I ain't raising no hell. I'm coming in here. I'm trying to, you know, be a humble guy and do what I'm supposed to do. But you call him in your office every other week to tell me what I'm not and, you know, how far I have to go. So maybe that first half of my freshman year, I was having some doubts about being there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I vaguely remember having trying to have a conversation with my my mom about I'm not sure, but she wasn't hearing it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It was like yo, because it was my choice. You're like that was a choice you made. You know what I mean? Like Stick to it. Feel, figure it out. So it it was a little bit of that. My, like my freshman year, ninth grade, thirteen, fourteen years mm-hmm. old. Um, and then after that, once I got past that, it was what it was, and you know I just accepted his way of coaching me, and uh, shit, it, it helped me to the state part. Pardon me, beep that out. I mean that's up to y'all. Oh, okay, no, uh, we good. we allow it. I'm, okay, I'm cool, being cool, reserved cool. because we have okay, cool. No, not I, only children but also ladies. Nah, so, if you was in our house, man, you we, yeah, we, we need to beep button. I do that. I do that in my house too. But, right, you cool, know, cool. <laughs> no, I didn't know what, what the you know oh, in terms no, no, of no, broadcasting. No, 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 we we good here. Um, so tell me like. You know, freshman year, yeah. boom, sophomore year. Now you go play Voss. Yeah, yeah. Book also. Yeah, he threw us all. In. He threw the whole crew. That whole crew. We all tenth graders on varsity in the CHSA at that time, which was was crazy. Mm-hmm. With you know Kenny Anderson and Malik and Derek Phelps, Caleb Reeves, and it, it was just dudes Stat. everywhere, all through throughout the city. And uh, it was funny though because it was like, all right, you that guy, all right, let's go. And I mean, we got. Eight that year, all <laughs> game after game after game, just tore down. You know what I mean? To where it's like, you know, me, I, I would never project it, but you know, I'm thinking to myself like, man, I don't know if I'm ready. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know. I'm ready. I, it's hard to score. These dudes are fast, strong, athletic. Uh, we just got pounded out that year. Like mm-hmm. everybody just beat up on us, beat up on us. Um, but again, I think he just had Gary just had a certain foresight uh, with that group. And um, that that was really what that year was about. It was just about taking lumps, getting beat up, getting humbled, um, and figuring out what you needed to do moving forward um, to be able to be a good player at that level. It's it's crazy to me just hearing that because it's either two things in my head. It's he purposely decided to potentially sacrifice a season mm-hmm. by elevating so many sophomores to fill all those slots for, mm-hmm. for the varsity, 
or there was just a need to do so because there wasn't sufficient talent at the time. That was pretty much what it was. Okay. Yeah, because like, like that, like I said, that core Chuck, Mark, Mike T, and Eddie Rivera, they, they, they graduated. Seen. So it was like a, uh, it was a void. Okay, you know what I mean. So I guess he felt like we might as well try to get this next group going and force some mediocre juniors and seniors. Right. Let's just get our young guys in there, get them, let them take their lumps, and then down the line maybe we can make something happen. And that's, I mean, that's big of him on, on many levels, but mostly because, like you mentioned earlier. St. Ray's kind of just slightly mm-hmm. turned the corner right, right around you guys right. getting in there. Right. So you're, you're sacrificing a lot if mm-hmm. you're a coach, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it all depends on who you have available mm-hmm. also. So, True like, that. luck of the draws is mm-hmm. at play. But, I mean, that's bold of him to put you guys in that position because ultimately it benefits you guys in the long run right. because you're getting seasoned. Even though you're getting pounded out, you're going to learn from that if you guys are who you, who you say. Right. You that's the whole thing. I mean, because, like you said, it could go either way. Like, we can get pounded out and the dudes start transferring, dudes right. lose confidence, dudes don't want to play over here with this crazy code, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So it could have it went it could have went left, but, you know, we kept that thing on, on track moving forward, you know. So you, I mean, you got Mr. Basketball. Yeah. I want to say your, your senior yeah. year. What were, the, what were the milestones, would you say, in your development to, to get there? Because I know, I know visually, I'm sure you already had that in mind oh, no probably question. as soon as you got there. No question. Mark, but there's a lot that goes into being able to get that, right? And especially back in that day, I feel like there was actual – there was like a – I call them like a a board or there was oh, yeah. there were people yeah, voting, actually yeah, yeah, like that were well versed watching that, mm-hmm. not just like you know picking it out of a hat. Right, like in right. some cases you see certain things. So you had to be able to show out practically every freaking game yeah. because you had elite players, yeah. all, a lot of D ones mm-hmm. coming out. You know, back in that day. So like, what were some of those big milestone moments that you were like after a game or something? You're like, all right, that's another check in the box for that for that vote. You know what? I, it was it was accumulation of a few things. It was like you know we played in a lot of national events. We played in Missouri. We played in Hawaii. We played in um, Jersey. We played in San Diego. I mean, we we played a lot of places that year, and we won pretty much everything. And I got the MVP of everything that we played in. Um, and then you know back in the city, you know we were pretty much ranked number one the whole year. And um, you know it's just just the, I think looking back, it was just the consistency, man. You know what I mean? Like. Every game, you knew what you was getting from me. You know what I mean? It was 20-piece, some rebounds, some assists, and it was just steady. It was just steady. Every game, we were winning. You know, obviously, that's 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 what um, it really boils down to. So, we just winning, and I was consistent. Winning, consistent, consistent, consistent. Um, and then it was a lot of firsts. You know what I mean? It was a lot of firsts in St. Ray's history at the time. You know what I mean? The first, I don't know, I, I think we were like 30 and three or something like that. The first time the St. Ray's team has won multiple national tournaments in different places. It was just a lot of first, first time. Maybe I got athlete of the week in the daily news like two or three times that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a lot of first. And then obviously the first city championship. I think, I think that's what stamped it. The, the, the first city, city championship, championship for St. Ray's. Um, it was a hell of a game. You know, it was a real good game, a great environment, great atmosphere. I think the city championship game kind of, Stamped me as as being the best player in New York that, and that, was that your year. Senior year. Yeah, my senior year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You um, so you know, you you put a nice little bow on that mm-hmm. as far as you know leaving with with the city championship. Did you guys ever win the federation? We okay. lost to Mount Vernon. Oh, but it came back that they had some ineligible players. Yeah, yeah. So we lost to them in the semis. Okay, and they end up beating Lincoln in the championship. So now Lincoln end up getting 
the, you know, the by default as the state champ because them dudes were ineligible. So we, we were the best. I, I'm biased, but I'm not biased. We were the best team that year. You know, it's crazy. Back then, I don't know how it is now. If you won the city, that was really it, yeah, right? you're right. So we won the city. We put everything in and win the city championship, and it was lit. It was, it was all that. And then, like, a week later, we go upstate to a big, quiet gym. And, you know, it's just – not to make excuses, but it's just, you know, we kind of, it was almost like we blew our load almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like we tried to try to build that thing back up. And we just we just played a bad game at the worst time and against some dudes that were ineligible to even be playing. And uh, that's kind of how that ended. But, you know, it, it didn't put a damper on it for me because I think we always talked about winning the city championship. Right. We never talked about winning the state. Right. I mean, and, uh, it's funny because, you know, I've lived in so many different places now. It's it's about state championships, right, everywhere else. But where we grew up, it was about winning the city because that's where it was at. You know, as you got out to Buffalo and Rochester, nobody – Really cared about checking for that. Nah, nah. Is, do do you so now that you live outside and you've mm-hmm. lived outside in New York for a while? Do you and especially in your line of work, do you consider when you look at New York prospects or players, state champ, state city championship still trumps state, uh, just in a general context. To be honest, I just think winning, man. You know what I mean? If you win the city, you win the state, you win your district. I mean, it, it all matters to me, you know, when you're trying to recruit a kid or want to bring a kid to be part of your program. Because to me, that's, you know, besides talent and, you know, individual strengths and weaknesses, what you come from is just as big as a factor, right? I mean, I, I'd rather not recruit a guy who averaged 28, but his team never made the playoffs in high school. He don't know what winning is, and he doesn't know what it takes to be part of that. He doesn't understand the sacrifice that goes into winning. I'd rather a 15-point-a-game kid who comes from a program that, that wins, and yeah. he understands what what goes into um, consistently winning and what type of sacrifice that, that, that takes. Um, so it's, it's almost an uh, individual thing, but any type of winning on a consistent basis for me is, is, is big. What what so you're <clears throat> excuse me you're you win the city championship. Mm-hmm. What's the vibe like in your neighborhood yeah. in the city for you per- personally? Yeah. It, it started getting to it started that's kind of where it turned the corner from being you know popular to almost like the hood celeb status. Okay. You know what I mean? Where yeah. the people started kind of changing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like people I've known all my life, they want to take a picture, they want to autograph. Like oh, I, you see me every day. You right. live right there. I live right here. You know what I mean? So it was after that. And, um, you know, I had already made the decision to go to Texas. And, you know, I won, beside Mr. Basketball, I won play of the year in every the news day, the Post, and the Daily News. So, you know what I mean? My face was kind of everywhere in terms of for a high school athlete, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. You know, in a city like this, to be recognized randomly on the street here, it, it's different. Does that still happen? Well, back Vaguely. then, for sure. Yeah, back then, it, like, that was crazy for me. You know okay. what I mean? To be on a bus, on a train, and somebody yeah. like, oh, I saw you in the paper. Like, in, here? With so much yeah. going on, so many people, you know, that that was probably where it kind of flipped to that next uh, level of intensity in terms of being recognized and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Was Did you feel like it was a lot for you? No, nah, I wanted okay. it. You embraced it. I, I wanted because that's, you know, I kind of saw, you know, I'm a visualizer. So kind of some of the most of the things I've accomplished as an athlete, it was I played it already, you know, what I mean, years in advance. So. It was kind of just a manifestation. I was just living it now. Mm. It was finally like check that box. So it wasn't really overwhelming. I, I enjoyed it, um, and um, you know it, it was it was cool for me because I really had that belief and I had that dream for myself, and it, it turned into reality. How do you how do you early in life? It sounds like you've been doing the visualization yeah, for yeah. a while, right? So like, how do you learn to do that? Because that's some people might be that 
mm-hmm. great at things where that's just a no- normal part of how they are I operate, right? But there's other people that it takes them a long time, yeah. if ever, yeah. to to pick that up. Like for instance, in San Ray, I don't know if this was happening when you were at San Ray's, but um, Jim Sturgis. Jim Sturgis. Yeah, yeah, that was the, he. Was, we were the first group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I know him for for that. Right? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Instituting that brain power. Yeah, yeah. Right, brain yeah. power. That's not where you got it though. No, you had that before. Yeah, yeah. You know where it came from? I'll be honest. When I was young, when I first started playing, it was it was before I even started playing real organized basketball. When I started playing like at the boys and girls club, like the little, you know, when they throw the leagues, you, y'all the tigers, y'all the lions, mm-hmm. and you know it's all you know all the kids from the neighborhood. But they get you know it's kind of official. I started doing it when I was really young because I used to get nervous. Like I used to get so nervous before I played like an organized game when I was like you know fifth sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I would get really nervous, so it would kind of, it kind of force me to like think positive thoughts you know what I mean like I it kind of started making me think positive thoughts thinking about seeing the first shot go through the net or how I'm gonna do this dude to try to guard me so it kind of formulated from just me being scared to death and that was kind of like a a calming calming tool for me so that's kind of how that how that started which is weird yeah that's that that brings more questions to my mind I'm gonna boy because like that just being Again, five, fifth or sixth grade, like I'm not thinking about like how am I going to calm myself down in that manner, right? I might do breathing maybe right. uh, or like try to think about something else, but not consciously like, all right, I, I got to do this. I'm going to play this game. Let me think about all my movements or what mm-hmm. have you. Like that's some Michael Jordan stuff, right? Like Jordan would talk about that right, all the that time. Right, that type of mental stuff, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, man, because I, I'm not going to say it just happened, right? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like, okay, how can I calm myself down? Right. This is the method I'm going to use. No, it was just, you know, on the way to the game or tying your shoes up in the locker room, you can hear the people out there like, man. And then, you know, the, the other part about, you know, being a little shook was – Back then, you couldn't YouTube a dude and right. see his game. You just heard a name like, "Oh, they got that kid Alcatraz." What? Who's right. that? You know what I right. mean? Like, so it's like you. I, don't, I never seen this dude face before, but I heard his name. Yeah. He's supposed to be thirteen, grown man. It's like, so you you just trying to calm yourself and trying to figure out how I can, you know, Survive. keep my head above water in this <laughs> in this game coming up because I've heard of all these kids from Harlem and Brooklyn and that I've never got a chance to lay eyes on. You know what I mean? So right. it, it was all part of that process. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, especially back then when you only basing it off of, I call it rumors, right? Mm-hmm. Like what people are saying about them. Everything gets oh. exaggerated. Oh, yeah. Big story. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So it, it in in your predicament, right, the fear factor has to be Oh, it's way up. Way up. Because you guys are like, yo, yo, he took the guy's head off. And you quite literally, literally like, think, man, he took the dude's head off. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you, you what happens is for me, you, then you get out there, you play. And you're like, what? It wasn't that Him? serious. Right. Really? What about me? You know what I mean? So it kind of, as as time went on, and I kept the visualization process, I still do to this day, just period. But, um, you know, I still kept it. But my nerves, you know, I didn't society. really have to deal with the nerves anymore once I figured out, like, you know, this dude is hyped up from his, they, the people from his hood is hyping him just like the people from my hood hyping me. He ain't no better than I am. He's not going to pull a gun out on me on the court. Right, right. We hooping. You know what I mean? So that's, once once I got that, and then it, it was just time to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier um, you had selected already before your senior year came about um, to go to UT. Yeah, yeah. Tell me how that went because I'm yeah. sure you had other yeah, options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, and tell me if this is accurate, because I, I was you know, obviously doing a little bit of research on you, and it sounds like there was a point in time where you were either at a game or no, you're probably watching, mm-hmm. you know, some some UT games, mm-hmm. and the pace of the game, the way the coaching, you know, Tom Pender's coached the team, 
you kind of fell in love with. Yeah. And you reached out to them? Yeah, that's, that absolutely, that's absolutely correct. Well, okay. the first part of that whole deal is the class before mines in New York in terms of the guards, with Khalid, Jamal Mashburn, Mash, Red, Autry, Derek Phelps. I mean, it was just a deep class. And those dudes, you know, Red went to Syracuse, and Dee Phelps went to North Carolina, and Khalid went to Arizona, and Mash went to Kentucky. It was like they went to all the spots that I wanted to go to. You okay. know what I mean? So I really wasn't in love with the school's – regionally that were recruiting me you know the Seton Hall it was cool Seton Hall Pitt UMass Providence Rutgers you know I mean they're, they're good programs don't get me wrong but did none, none of them really just you know grabbed me like that um, is, is it because so it sounds like and you tell me this is, I'm reading this right <clears throat> you you wanted something that you can almost a lane that you kind of carve out for yourself that's outside of the norm that's where it ended up going okay. right before because that growing was up, intention per no, se. no okay. at first i wanted to go to my favorite programs right i wanted first of all i wanted to go to st john's as a kid because yeah. you know i grew up yeah. in the mark jackson chris mullen walter berry st john's was everything mm-hmm. they lollygagged then start trying to recruit me till my senior year so i told them go away i don't right. want i'm not you don't a, believe I don't want like it no more. yeah yeah um um and then you know some of the other schools were cool but it just didn't grab me it wasn't until you know, I, it wasn't until I chose Texas, to be honest, where I said, you know what? I think this is going to be my own kind of lane because, you know, nobody's really going like away like this. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, I ain't going to lie to you, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind to call my own lane. Once I figured out what I, decision I made and where I was going, then I said, you know what? This could be something different that nobody's done. Um, but then to add to it, you know, the, the other part of your question, I was in 11th grade. Now, you know, I was a college basketball freak. I watched it all day, tape them on VCR, just watch it. So I'm watching DePaul because, you know, we always get the DePaul games because, you know, Rod Strickland and all that. So yeah. I'm watching DePaul and he was playing against Texas. And, you know, I knew of Texas just because I'm a college basketball fan. I know they got a program and the colors are nice and all that kind right. of stuff, but didn't know the depths of it. So I'm watching it, and I'm watching these dudes, the three guards that they had, Lance Blanks, Travis Mays, and Joey Wright. And Coach Pendens is just letting these dudes go and get it. I'm like, man. You know what I'm saying? And first of all, I'm coming from, not to say that Gary was, you know, had handcuffs on us, but we very systematic, you know, shared it, played at a certain tempo. Um, and then, you know, Seton Hall, you had P.J. Colissimo, and, you know, Cal was just getting going at UMass, so it wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, so it was just a basic Big East, rough and tough. It's some talent, obviously, but that style of play was just different. You know, they they got up and down. You know, he it wasn't where he just let you go crazy. If you, it was just one of those things. If you had the talent to do it, he allowed you to do it, mm-hmm. and it just appealed to me, man. And you know, then when I went down there on a visit, even though we were traveling some with the AAU stuff, we still never really got a chance to. You know, we would play some of our events on college campuses, but you'd go to the game and go back to the – you know, as a kid, we wasn't into really the college. Live. and We didn't grow up yeah. around colleges, so I didn't really know what that life was like. So Texas was my first visit. I go down there, and I'm like, yo, this is, the weather was nice, and it was just different. Uh, I was going to play against different guys. I, I didn't want to play against these same dudes again yeah. throughout my college career. Um, and it just – you know, it was one of the things that just hit me, and it was a gut. It, hit, it was my first visit. Um I came back that Monday, came to school. I told Gary, I'm done, man. Like, I'm over. Like, cancel the rest of it. He was like, you serious? Wow. I was like, yes. It was, and I couldn't even really explain to him. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was just feeling. something that I felt like going to practice and watching the personnel. Like, yeah, I can get him. I can, yeah. And it, it just all lined up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, my parents were happy and excited for the free education and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But they, they weren't too thrilled about me going there. But, you know, obviously they supported it and, um, you know, worked out decent. So how... I, I always look at the, 
you know, getting to the point where you get a free ride to college mm-hmm. as I, I say it often here, like the championship, like winning the chip. That's, it. That's how I look at That's it, it, right? And <clears throat> there's a lot going on that I don't necessarily agree with with the NCAA, mm-hmm. but that aspect of it, I I, I big up, mm-hmm. right? And and I think any any student athlete that can achieve that on on any level, to me is is a big benefit. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Now the caveat is if they can take advantage of right. it, right? And I think the deck is stacked so so largely against student athletes because at the end of the day. And I don't expect you to get too deep into this because I don't want you to, you know, put, put you. This is these are my thoughts. <laughs> no doubt. But um, the the deck is stacked so heavily against a student athlete because at the end of the day, you are out. You are given this this free education to perform for right. whatever team you're a part of, right? Which means there's yeah. a lot of practice you got to do. There's a lot of time missed in the classroom. Granted, they provide tutors mm-hmm. and all these other things, but how difficult is it for a student? A young person to really take advantage of these things and get a formal education in the four or five years that they're allotted, it's tough. Yeah, you know, the first thing that makes it hard, especially now, is that, you know, as a basketball player, you're raised to think that's your right, right? I'm going Mm. to college. I'm going to get recruited. I'm going to get a scholarship. So that's where where it goes wrong from the the jump. Right. You know, it's almost like – uh, 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 unwritten right that we all think we're going to get because we're good players, right? So you go there, so right then and there, you don't appreciate the total yeah, the total right. value of that scholarship. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Because you're getting chased and recruited and courted. So it's almost like you're doing the school a favor. You know, the mentality that's coming the in. So that's about. that's where it starts to go left early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, man, you know, what I try to help guys with, especially the incoming guys, which I was horrible at, you know, a lot of my college career is just time management. You know what I mean? Because that's that's where you can get it right or wrong. You know what I mean? How are you going to do deal with your time? Uh, because there's 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 really not a lot of decisions to be made. We all think we got choices. No, no, you don't really have a choice if you want to be good, right? You're going to go to school. You're going to you know do what you're supposed to do in the class, so it doesn't affect you know the field or the court. And then you know you're going to have blocks of time where you, it's your time. You know what are you gonna do? You gonna go back to the room, and go to sleep. You gonna go back to the gym. You gonna go. You gonna read a chapter to get right. You know what I mean? Like so, there's a lot of little nuances um, that can make you elite or just keep you basic, just basic average Joe guy. Um, but to go back, I think we go wrong because we just assume that I'm getting a scholarship. My kids getting a scholarship. I'm getting recruited. I got choices of which school I want to go to. So from the jump, we're not valuing. That, that scholarship opportunity, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. It sucks. And and like I said, because you know everybody, which is fine if you're a student athlete, you want to aspire to be oh, yeah. in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. And that's great. But the reality is, if you shoot that high and you miss, and what you have to say for yourself is, "Yo, I played D one ball at take your pick." Yo, that's a great. Nah. That's a great thing, nah. especially if you did it for like in your case, you know, you started your freshman year. Right. Um, you don't see that a ton, right, not unfortunately. A lot. Yeah. Uh, and you went the whole way through. So like, you got a solid career someplace, mm-hmm. and and you you the scoring champ of right. uh, UT. Yeah. Like you got your name is put oh, yeah. in place. You know yeah. yeah. So like to me, that that's critical, right? Like use the use the sport, use the opportunity, use because they're gonna use you. Absolutely. And it's a limited window. Right, so like beyond basketball, like what are you gonna do? Yeah, nobody wants to think that far. Ahead. Right, it's hard to man, you know. And I'm 
where I'm at now, where that wherever that is, um, because of the way I handled myself in college, the way because of the way I treated people in college, because I had a good understanding of the value of the blessing. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get into coaching because the people at UT still vouched for me. You know what I mean? And I didn't burn those bridges. And you know, even though I did, I wasn't. I didn't have the, the the maturity at the time to have the forward thinking to see what I was going to be doing 15, 20 years down the line. But, um, you know, just having solid character, the way how you deal with people, especially when you're one of those guys, yeah. right? So I was yeah, I've been one guys. of those guys, but I treated people right, and I never big-headed on people on a you know, regular basis. And, uh, you know, people remember that when it's time for them to make that call for you or you got to go to them to see if they can plug you and help you in, in whatever way you, you, you need help. Um, but, again, because of how we are lauded and, and celebrated as young athletes, as you as you on that climb, we lose sight. We always think that we're going to be in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. and I'm not really going to need nobody's help. And it's hard to think that way as an 18, 19, 20-year-old guy, it's just really to have tough. that forward thinking to know, like, you know what? And you hear it all the time. The ball's gonna stop bouncing. You know, you got phrases. You got catch. You got everybody says it, and it's the truth. You know it. We all. I knew that I wasn't gonna be a player right. forever. Of course. But you don't want to embrace that reality, that. right? You don't want to deal with that. I'm gonna play forever because I'm playing right now. You know what I mean? So, because of those, that mindset, man, we we sometimes we don't treat people the right way. Sometimes we don't appreciate the blessings that come along with our talents. And um, then when when that when that thing comes back around and you're on the other side of it and somebody else is more talented than you in your next in the next lane that you're pursuing and you need that help you know how how were you dealing with people when you were the guy mm-hmm. so you know all those dynamics you know play play a big part man and you know it's sad though because I got I know a lot of guys won't mention names um that were great players um big rep guys they they can't get anybody to help them right now yeah. because they were idiots. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, you kind of get when they, after yeah, a while. Yeah, when they were holding the cards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, you got to have some character, man, in anything you do, obviously. Yeah. I um I got to say, I, definitely St. Raymond players I, I put in this box, but I, I, I would l- maybe even more largely say New York City area guys yeah. that I've come in contact with have shown me the kind of character that you just described, right? Elite level talents. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in their day, they were untouchable people like yourself in the paper all the time. Right. You know, easy, like the way that they were lauded, easy for them to shun any yeah. and everyone that they felt like. Yeah. And these people have always been stand up guys. Like, yo, talk to the janitor like they talk to the CEO. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yep. And treat people fairly. Yep. You got to do it. The, and, and I found that to be eye opening for me as I'm doing this podcast because. Yeah. You know, you look at people that have been on television in a way and you hear these stories about how, you know, un- unreasonable they are or, un- you know, professional or just scumbag type people. Yeah, yeah. And you assume that, you know, unfortunately, you assume that to be the case. As soon as you see somebody on TV, you kind of have to question. Like, right. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have to say that um, I've been I've either I've been conned. <laughs> or or these people are genuinely like that because I haven't felt that one time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for us, I say I can. My part, you know, I, my foundation is that anyway. My parents, you know what I mean. So I was, you know, that's and you know how it was, that's where it starts. I was respectful in the home. I 
Yeah. You know, I know my place, you know, my parents, I couldn't, you know what I mean? So that's where it started for me in terms of my character. Mm -hmm. um, and then just Gary, man, I mean, you know, he would just, he would say shit to us so much, man, man. You know, he had all the sayings. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation, 30 <laughs> minutes, 30 seconds to destroy it. So he was just always peppering you with stuff, peppering you with stuff. And, you know, even if it was something small in school, you might have had almost had a fight or you had an argument, you know, he would find a way to tag that to your career and say, listen, you know what I mean? What if such and such would happen? You think such and such would still want to recruit you if they found, you know what I mean? So he always attached it to your passion to, to make, make you in. understand the consequences of it. You know what I mean? So I got to, besides my foundation and my parents and, and things like that, I would have to give Gary a lot of credit in terms of, you know, keep keeping us humble and, and, and wanting us to develop, having a, a thirst to develop a strong character and, and, and to build a, a, a solid reputation because that was I, a big deal. I got to apologize to Gary D because I only knew him as the disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah, right? that's a big part of him. But a lot but of people. I, I only knew him that way, right? right? So right. anything that he would tell me, it was always going to be negative. Yo, you got to shave <laughs> right. every time, right? So I always knew him. Like, yeah, I got to duck this dude. Yep, can't and come down would, that staircase. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, But the crazy thing is, like, he come, like, right, and, and you, he, you think you out of his line of sight, and some yo his peripheral. They if see. mine goes this way, his joint goes like they that. He sees everything. So he would just, hey, yep. yo, yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, chill, be. So that's the only way I knew him. But like, the way you just described him, and the way many St. Raymond players have described him, has been there's there's a science behind the way no he question. even speaks. No question. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy to no me. No question. And because he was 24, 25 when we were playing for him. Mm -hmm. So for him to have that kind of wisdom and, you know, as you think back and, you know, it don't, it'll never make sense when you're going through it and right. you're in the mid. But, man, that dude, that dude was special yeah. in terms of being a, a high school coach at that time um, because it was definitely – it was like even with me personally, like – Sunday is our off day, but he wanted me to come in there by myself, heavy rope, big ball, trim shoes. Like, yo, what? I'm trying to chill today. But, you know, he knew he saw something, right? And he just kept pushing me and pushing me and, 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 and get, got me to dig deeper and work harder and, you know, invest in myself. Um, so it was definitely, he's definitely the mad scientist when he came. Then, you know, the, having a wherewithal for brain power. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Just all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So it, it I hold that man in high regard. I know a lot of people don't because um, everybody has their individual dealings with him. Sure. Um, I, I can only speak for, you know, um, what he meant to my life. Yeah. Um, and to this day, man, he, he's a big-time voice of reason for me and, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a lifetime mentor for me. Yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier you got you hit the ground running when you went to UT. Yeah. How? Because I'm assuming there is a transition. No, right? I'm going to tell you why. I'm just talking about it. It was Gary. Oh, I'm just telling you, like he already uh, had you prepped. No, it was we we had study hall before practice. You know, we had to dress a certain way when we went on the road. You know, you had to sit on the bench. Your back couldn't be on the chair. You had to be sitting up. Um, just instilling a certain discipline that you don't get in most of the time until you get to college and, and hit that rough patch. That's when you normally figure it out, yeah. right? We we were he had us polished up and ready to go once we left out of there. So. My adjustment was just the bigger, faster, stronger adjustment. I didn't have to adjust to the, the structure of an, a student athlete because we had that. We had that for three years. You know what I mean? So he just he just put us on the assembly line and sent us out. You know, like I said, my adjustment was like, man, I'm down here now. I'm in Texas with a different level athlete. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe not as sharp in terms of 
basketball IQ, but you're talking about brute strength, brute speed, strength, speed jumping. Mm-hmm. That was my adjustment, which for me was much easier to figure out than, you know, how the hell do I supposed to go to class and then go study and then go to practice and get enough red? Like, well, I already knew that 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 part of the game that I had that master walking in the door, which put me past some sophomores, juniors, and seniors in college because they never had that foundation. You know what I mean? So. And I was, you know, I always felt like I had a pretty good basketball IQ. So once we got on the floor, yeah, you're a little taller, you're a little faster, you're a little stronger, you're a little more, more athletic. But the more we do play this, do up and down, I'm gonna figure this out, and then none of that's gonna matter. I'm just gonna be a better player. Hmm. So I, that that's kind of I'm, I'm gonna give Gary a lot of credit for my seamless transition to college that's too. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to imagine typically, like you described, for most cats, it's probably difficult. Oh, it's very difficult, a whole, especially when. In a lot of cases, they're only accustomed to their immediate environment. Right. So if a lot of times, it might be the first time they go ex- to an right. extended stay away. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that yep. can be difficult. Yeah. Um, what was it like when you suited up and it was like your first goal with Tom Penders? Scared, and, scared and again. Staff? Scared to death. I, I can tell you exactly what happened. I um, it was our first exit. We played. It was back when you played exhibition games. It was a team called uh, Athletes in Action. Right. They were. They were ex-college guys, ex-pro guys, but they were uh, Christians. So oh. they put a team together, and they would go travel and play college teams in the preseason. And part of it was you play, and then you know you have some fellowship, and you know you talk Bible, and that, that was their that was their deal. Okay. So that was my like very first college game. Basketball missionaries. Yeah, almost. basketball missionaries. Okay. Exactly. So that was my first game. So it was a guy named Lorenzo Roma who played at UCLA, who's now the Used to be the head coach at Washington. Now he's the head coach at Pepperdine, which is in our league in the West Coast Conference right now. Down the street. Um, yeah. So, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm Mr. Basketball. I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's an unbelievable amount of hype about me in Austin, and it's packed. You know what I mean? Like it's twelve, thirteen thousand people in there. Want to see? Yeah, want to see this? This Mr. This New York. Mr. They used to call me Mr. New York. You know what I mean? They, right. The whole deal. So, I, you know, I mean, I'm coming from what I'm coming from, but still, this is a new deal, right? So that that type of expectation. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all types <laughs> of visualization. Um, and I knew Lorenzo was a good player. I, I didn't know to what degree. Right. And he just killed me. Like Same position? Yeah, yeah, we okay. played the same position. I think he was like 30, 31 at the time. I'm 18. Oh, wow. So he just he just, he just he put me to bed that night. And, um, you know, I, I – I was nervous. I think I shot like three or four bad air balls. I mean, like my nerves were really bad. And then on top of that, he was getting the best of me. And it, it was just a bad deal, man. And um, had me questioning myself a little bit. Like, man, am I, am I that guy? Am I really ready for this? But at the same time, it was a flip side to that, too. It was like, all right, I, tomorrow morning, I'm back in the lab. I'm getting right. This is not going to happen again. And, you know, then kind of went from there. But that, that was like my very first time playing a college basketball game it was that game. And it, it, it was brought me back down. I mean, it, it was actually worked out perfect, man. You know, because I, I started my college career before I even played a game. I'm thinking, you were out, yeah, you were out of it. I'm one of these guys. I'm, yeah. you know, without even having proved myself for one second. And then I come get smacked around by this 30 year old guy, make me kind of go back to the drawing board, humble myself, get back in the lab, get back to working. And then I think my first, my very first game was uh, against NIT. I had 15 as of my very first game in college. And then from there, it was. 
off to the races, man. So did Lorenzo come to you after that game and tell you anything? We talked. Yeah, okay. we talked because I think some of the fellowship and stuff was after the game. Right. So, you know, we you know, he was trying to shoot a shot with the with the Christianity deal and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, you know, also he was dropping me a little something, you know, in terms of the game and, you know, how can how I could improve moving on and you know, we we have a great relationship now. I tell him every time every time I see him, I saw him a couple of weeks ago, I said, You almost ended my career before it started. Uh he like he gets a good laugh out of it. But it was a real situation, man. To get embarrassed and humbled in front of not only all that not only the, the the people in the stands, but my teammates, right? Mm-hmm. The dudes that started buying into it, right? The dudes that you know see me every day playing pickup or in practice, like yeah, he he could go, like we got one, and then they see me do that, pull that on that stage. Yeah. I'm sure you know for them, like really. <laughs> so you, you know, you I felt like I had a lot to make up after that one. You don't talk to Lorenzo now. I said, yo, when am I getting my rematch? I heard he still could do a little something. I'm so sure he can. Know. I mean, if I he was 30, right yeah. I mean, his ankles might be a little yeah, messed up yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, He a little overweight. He can really shoot. I know he can really shoot. I probably can still get him if we if we moving around a little bit. So yeah, I might, you, might try to. You don't get look that. out of shape. I think you can still go. Age appropriate. With my age, <laughs> with my age group, I, I'm pretty good. Our players be trying to get me out there, but they just want to try to embarrass me. Right. But I, I'm, I, I'm, I have no qualms admitting that I'm way past it when it comes to dealing with 19, 20, 20 when yeah, we're old dudes. Yeah, it's over. Energy. It's over for that. <laughs> so you you go, so you you, you know, your, your career kind of started to move back mm. on that upward trajectory yeah. after that NIT experience. And then you go, I mean, I don't want to fast forward through it. I want to talk about it a little bit more. But you, you face I mean, a who's who of players throughout the conference and throughout the NCAA. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were some of the biggest matchups you had that you was like, yo, outside, you know, let's put Lorenzo aside for yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, that was yeah, like that wasn't real. That was just like a, a smack, no. right. a smack down to get you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then, who, who was like your toughest? We had um, the be- the most fun. One of the most fun ones for me was the NCAA tournament my junior year. We played against Michigan. They were, it was only a fat four. Chris had, a, you know, Chris Weber had already That's been great. gone. So we played him in the second round. I think it was in Wichita. They ended up beating us, but it was a really good game. Um, and just playing against, you know, I had to play against those guys growing up, but. That's my first time playing against them as the Fab, you know, with the with, with all the attention they were bringing to the right. table, and you know we were good. It was kind of like a pick'em game. Uh, it was an NCAA tournament, uh, so that that was that was that was fun. Were you going, uh, you were going up against Jalen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I played Jalen in high school in terms of AU, but I thought, you know what, he's too big. You know what I mean to be playing guard. Yeah, I'm, I'm a climb him. I'm a pick him up full court. He's not gonna be able to deal. You know what I mean? He's just it's just. He, Nah, dude, just seeing over everything, just playing with poise and just knew how to play. And, um, you know, he had that Detroit swagger like we got the New York swag. So, um, nah, Jay Rose was a problem, serious problem. Um, played at North Carolina my senior year um, against Rashid Stackhouse and those dudes. Uh, another close game. They ended up getting us um, on CBS. You know what I mean? One of those, like, round Thanksgiving early in the year oh, deals. Yeah, so that that was big. Um had a lot of moments. Had a lot of moments in college, man. I uh, got Dick Vitale's National Freshman of the Year, which was, you know, wow. Dickie B yelling your name wow. over Chris Webber, which I think he was bugging, but I take it. Um, <laughs> so that that was a major, major accomplishment. Um, just so much, man. It was, uh, college was it, it was great, man. It was so many little milestones and, and and accomplishments, and you know the attention and being on the news every day and on the cover of magazine, Street and Smith and Athlon, all that, man. It was it was everything I I. I I visualized growing up. You know what I mean? That's what college kind of culminated into for me. 
And you were, uh, I guess the way to describe it is probably like a, a quiet assassin, if mm-hmm. you know, almost in, in the in the regard that, you, like I mentioned a couple times already, you are the leading yeah. all time scorer, yeah, right. But you did it in a way that you drew attention, but it wasn't like shock right. every every time out. You would drop your twenty, thirty, mm-hmm. you know, some odd points, and it was. It was like cool, and you just kept it pushing, right? Like, why? Well, because you can make a lot of noise around. Stuff. No question. Dropping twenty five points, thirty points in college—that's a big. Di- I mean, anywhere that's a oh, big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, they're, they're, this unit right here will tell you—they think the, the the humble part of me is is, is some BS. It, it, it ain't real. Oh, yeah. That's what they would say. <laughs> um, but again, I think there's to no be- humility. Dad got no humility. He's not a humble guy. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 <laughs> No, nah, but I think, man, I think part of, I think, you know, and I don't want to make this thing too redundant and too simple, but I think all of that goes back to me seeing it before it happened, right? I mean, so you were, yeah, cause I'm it, checking it boxes, right? Yeah, I'm checking. I'm really just, and that's why as I'm getting older, I'm just, I'm way more appreciative now, you know what I mean, of what I accomplished. And I, I, I'll sprinkle it out there every now and then, some of the stuff that I've done, because now I'm older and, you know, it's a big deal, you know what I mean? Like, but, as growing up, I had high expectations for myself, and I saw myself being Mr. Basketball. I saw myself being a freshman year. I saw myself being a really good college player. So as all that's happening, I'm just like, okay, yep, got that one, got that one, got that one. So that was kind of the reason why I performed it or did it the way I did it. Um, it you know, wasn't I, that big a deal for you because you already saw it happen. Yeah, exactly. You gotcha. know, I mean, It was a big deal, but it was what I expected of myself. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you you did four years there. Yeah. You didn't graduate in those four years. Didn't. You were just like a year shy. A year and like a half. That. Yeah, I messed off a lot okay. of time. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. We'll get <laughs> we'll get back to that. Uh, and then you you made yourself eligible for the NBA draft. Yeah, I was out of eligibility. So you know, th- at that time, man, it wasn't the craze as it is now. Like after my freshman year, I think the draft was like Shaq and 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 Alonzo Mourning. Them dudes was in school for two three years. So, you know what I mean? Christian Layton for four years. Yeah. Penny Hardaway two three years. Like. So it was grown men going to the draft. It wasn't like I, I to be honest. First of all, it wasn't the culture of the game. Second of all, I, I even though I had a, the year I had, I wasn't ready. Okay, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to be dealing with that on a daily basis. I remember my freshman year, the last game of the season was against Iowa in the NCAA tournament. And you know that's a Big Ten team and they big, strong, physical guys. They you know we were fast and athletic. They were just big brute dudes. And they be, I remember I fouled out with like twenty something seconds left. And I remember sitting, I remember clearly, I remember going to the bench, sitting down and just feeling the whole season on me. You know what I mean? I'm 18, I'm 19 at the time, like 180 pounds. And I just felt the whole season just fall on me when I sat down. So that that was a moment I was like, man, I got to hit that, I got to start hitting that iron. Like, that's part of this deal. I got to get with two and get my body right. So, um, you know, it's just the realities of it. We Even when you, you know, doing well and accomplishing things, there's still, if you real with yourself, there's still some holes to fill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I sat down on that bench that, after that freshman year, and I, I, I knew my next hole to fill was getting my body right and, 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 and getting a little bit more physically um, capable of, of handling the rigors uh, of not playing, but playing at a high level and, yeah. and, and sustaining. Against those big dudes. Yeah, against some big dudes, yeah. Yep. So you, you – Get drafted in the second round. Second round. Ultimately, Miami picks you up. Yeah, it was. I got drafted by Washington. They traded me like 15 minutes later. You know what I mean? Yeah. During the draft draft night trade, so they trade me to 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 Miami. And yeah, you actually yeah. got some time on the court over there. Yeah, it was a weird. Yeah, that's a weird story. But you know, pro sports is a is a whole weird different industry. animal, right? So, 
I get drafted by Washington, and at the time, you know, I've been in Texas four years. I'm like, man, okay, cool. I'm going back to the, to that side. I'm cool. I didn't, you know, I was ready to get a, get off of that. Right. So, and my wife's from D.C., so you know, we had just started dating at the time. So it was, I was excited about that. Then you know, get the phone call a few minutes later that getting traded to Miami, which all right, cool. You know, it's back. It's still East. It's Miami, but the problem was they didn't have a coach, a GM, or anything at the time. You know, they had a couple guys interim running the draft and yeah. all of that stuff, um, which Wait, I didn't think. Just, that wasn't around the expansion of the team, no. It was a few years later. Okay, it yeah, was a few yeah. years later. It, it had was, been in existence for three, four years okay. or so, I think. Um, so then, you know, they had no no, no, no office, organizational no structure, yeah. structure there, and it was a lockout that summer. Uh, so there was no summer league. There was none of that kind of So it was just dead. And then once that ended, Pat Riley was named the president. The head coach and all that kind of stuff. So now I'm automatically in a spot that dude didn't pick me. I wasn't one of his guys. You know what I mean? So now I'm dealing with that. And you know, a guy that's notorious for not playing rookies and young players. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it was a battle. That was that was a battle within itself. Um, never really, you know, got hurt a little bit down there, missed some time. So I never re- really found my footing. I had some moments, um, but again, I wasn't. He didn't draft me. I wasn't. You know, you wasn't his guy. Right, wasn't his guy. So he ended up trading me. In the middle of the season, the Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. which really wasn't any good for me either, because that was the old, that was the end of the line for Barkley and those guys. It was last year. You was know, it they, Westfall that was a coach? No, Cotton Fitzsimmons was the oh, coach. Right. Uh, rest in peace. But it was right. Barkley and Kevin Johnson, Danny Manning, AC Green, Hot Rod Williams, wow. all these old dudes that were at the end. You know what I mean? And it was no, we weren't practicing, we weren't doing anything. So I just, I didn't get a chance to show anything you know i think that i was activated for like my first three games played a couple minutes and then they put me on the injured list uninjured you know to bring somebody else off so i got caught up in the pro politics you know what i mean for dudes that are role players that aren't stars and um you know it was kind of how that first year went and um you know it it was what it was uh wasn't ideal um but you know i always you know especially as an older guy now you know just think back man you know i was you know, get a chance to play at that level and be considered an NBA player. Like, that's, that's that's serious business, man. And, you know, I'm old now, man. So, like I said, it's very much more appreciated. And, you know, all you hear all these kids, that I want to be a pro, I want to go to the league. It's like, man, you have no idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, getting to that, achieving that goal is huge. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the politics and whatnot sometimes don't play in your favor. Yes, but, it is what it is, yeah. But you got the, you got that shot. Yeah, and, and yeah. you got drafted because yeah. sometimes you get into the NBA, but you got to – you, oh, you take grinders. a much longer yeah, no role. question. And, I mean, even that part of it, too, was, wasn't really fun. Like, I remember thinking back, like, the, the draft process, like, you know, because every other day your agent is calling you, oh, yeah, they saying this, or, and you know, some days you feel good, then you hear, like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. he's talking about you might get drafted in the end of the second round. It's like, man, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like an emotional roller coaster of rumors and innuendo and all of this stuff. And then you get the draft day. I remember just draft day. I, was, I, I, I didn't come here. I stayed right. I stayed in Austin. My parents and my brothers came down, and we went out to eat earlier that day. I couldn't eat nothing. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm washing clothes. I'm doing all types of side jobs just to kind of occupy myself. And then when I finally hear my name get called, it's like, okay, good. That's over with. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, Relief. I couldn't even celebrate it more so because it was just like a relief that the whole process had ended because it was so heavy. It was a heavy deal. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. So you after that, you you ended up playing, I'm going to say the G, it wasn't the G League yeah, at the man, time, yeah. but the, the developmental yeah. aspect. One of year, it. yeah. And then you went off and had a long-standing mm-hmm. career in Europe. Ten years over there, yeah. That's wild. So 
I didn't take a good look, but I'm assuming you jumped around oh, yeah. every year, every couple of years. Yeah. How how was that experience? Because I mean, you mentioned you had just started dating your your mm-hmm. now wife. Yeah, was she with you the whole time? Like, how that that mic might not be on. Let me see. You want to chime in on this, baby? No, okay. Go ahead. No, but but you were part of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, get in there. Um. The European experience. So, um, and then we were having a long-distance relationship. I think he was um, playing in Israel at the time. Mm. So um, I decided that I was just going to take a leave of absence from my job and just go with him overseas. Um, And it helped that he was getting ready to be signed with um, Cantu in Italy. Okay. (laughs) So in 1998. Oh, wait a minute. I saw you in a video. I saw you cheering mm. in the stands <laughs> in a video. Yeah. It was tossed up and down. It's yeah. in Croatia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was in 2000. Yeah, something like that. 2000. That was our that was our second year overseas yeah. together. Yeah. Um yeah, we 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 were all, we were both celebrities in that town. Mm. Not a lot of people of color. No right. no people of color in that town and 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 those people are very, you know, raw what you see is what you get kind of people. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we were um in playing in the Euro League which was a layer on top of the league he was in in Croatia, um, and I guess we were trying to get to the final eight, something like that. Something like yeah. that, and he, and he made a winning three point shot. Buzzer beater, was it? Yeah. 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 And the people that were around me in the stands picked me up and were throwing me up in the air. And the yeah. whole Everybody in the whole gym was just jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah, it was it it was it was a bit unnerving, but yeah. I, I I went with it. That's dope. And we were happy. Yeah. So, but you know. That that European thing, I mean, I'd be, I be I didn't know. I, I just wanted to hoop for some money, you know, keep it going, and yeah. you know, I didn't know. You hear, oh, it's crazy, you know. You don't know. You never know. You can hear about this country or that country. You, you just don't know until you get there. But I really just enjoyed, you know, on top besides you know just being in other cultures and learning things that you would never l- thought you would learn about other people and other places. The passion that those places have for their teams is like it's not even we don't have nothing close. Like even college, even the the the, the Cameron crazies at Duke, yeah, don't compare. Don't compare to what those people feel for their teams and how energetic it is for better or worse. Right. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because we've had, we've dealt with both sides of it. Um, you know, getting <laughs> stuff thrown at you, and looking the for right you police having to take you to the bus, and you know all of that kind of stuff. But I just appreciate the passion that those people have for their teams, and uh, you know they're making up songs for you. And I still, I'd be honest with you, I, I don't, I, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. I, I don't know that, but I still get messages from people in Italy and Croatia sometime. Um, just you know, I still remember it was great. Remember this game, blah blah blah. So. Um, that was great, man. The passion of the people is what stands out I mean, to sports, me about that experience. Sports do different degrees, but uh-huh. sports do that to people, right? Yeah. Especially if you're there, like in that moment when you guys were, when, when your wife was getting elevated, right? Those people that were involved in that to this day, I'm sure, remember no that question. that was mm-hmm. like probably one of the biggest sports moments they've ever witnessed. Right, for right? them, yeah. 
And and so that does something to you because if you call that like if you're walking down Cantu, some street in Cantu, somebody's gonna spot you oh, and no recognize question. you. Oh yeah, no and question. You, they're gonna probably start crying. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's like, that type of deal. Yeah. That's that's a it's a beautiful thing. No and doubt. It's, it's elevated yeah. when you go overseas. Yeah. I've seen it in many yeah. respects. I mean, you look at soccer, football. Oh, it's nuts. That is it's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous because yeah. you got people's families sometimes get taken yeah. out if they, yeah. you know in South America. Like it's crazy. No, I mean I've been on the other side. I miss you know miss a game winner or team lose two three in a row and. That same love, that energy with the love, yeah, that energy is still there. We're on the other side of that love, so you know you got to take, you know the 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 go with the bad, the, the yeah, the hot sauce with the honey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so out of all, out of the, that decade overseas, what would you say was the like the the highlight as far as your playing career there? I think that you know being in Italy was great. That first time in Cantu. Um, you know, it was it was a high level. You know, Italian A League. You're playing against the best dudes in Europe. Um, again, the the fan base was outstanding, and the, the the management was great. And that's you know, a lot of times that's the challenge you face when you're going overseas, is to get with a good team that does good business and not trying to get over and you know all the all the backhanded stuff that comes with yeah. some of that stuff. Um, so we we had the trifecta with that, and then on top of that, not knowing we didn't know anything. We our house was ten minutes from. Lake Como, which ends up being this big deal now where all these celebrities have homes and it's like exclusive. I mean, we would go down there to go to McDonald's or go to Blockbuster <laughs> during the Blockbuster days, yeah, if you yeah. follow me. Um, so, you know, you're doing stuff without even knowing what you're doing and, um, you know, touching places that, you know, it's just a place to you, but hold certain esteem in other places. Um, so those experiences, man, and, you know, being in Russia, you know what I mean? Like I never wanted to be here. I never thought I would yeah. be here. Um, but you know, that's that's part of what the game, you know, had in store. And you know, as like I said, man, I'm 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 climbing in age, man. So it's all with every passing year. It's all that much more special uh, in terms of that journey and and and, and those experiences. Yeah. So so you wrap up your career there, and, mm -hmm. and you go back. To earn you to finish yeah. your degree, yeah, you go back to Texas, uh, to University of Texas specifically, mm -hmm. and you end up finishing. But you're also on the side; you're doing uh, not quite coaching, but you were involved with the basketball team. Yeah, I was doing academic mentoring. Okay. Yeah, how crazy that sounds! I'm doing. I'm, I'm 33, finishing my degree, and I'm sitting here with Kevin Durant and them dudes, telling them oh. we got study hall in an hour. You know what I mean? So. Um, but that was cool because it just it it gave me a chance to because I'm be honest with you, man. I I didn't know, you know. I started trying to figure it out like toward when I knew I was coming to the end of playing. Like I still didn't know what 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 do I really want to do? You know what I mean? Like with the next sixty five, you know what I mean? Like I had no idea. So that time back in school around them dudes and being around that program, you know, enlightened me and 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 made me figure out what it, where it is that I wanted to you know take my next. Um, course in life in terms of you know what I wanted to do post basketball even though it's not post basketball because I'm still post playing post playing yeah. um, so that, that was that was that was big for me you know just figuring that out at that time and again like going back to earlier conversation I was able to go back to school get everything paid for get a scholarship check on top of that get a job in the athletic department you know hosting and speaking and doing all types of stuff because when I was there. I handle myself the right way. You know what I mean? So, and it doesn't uh, hurt that your name is in, on walls over there. Right. You know, got in the Hall of Honor. And, you know, it, it just, 
it, it, it kept reaping benefits for me. I always say, because going back, even though I wasn't, you know, the best student or, you know, always the most disciplined guy, I always treated people decent and, you know, on the back end, you know, I, I was able to finish my degree and, you know, for free. And like I said, be, be an academic mentor. Went on the road with those guys a bunch and did study hall on the road. Got a chance to know a dude like Kevin Durant, you know what I mean, through that process. And How was uh, that? Because, I mean, it was clear when he yeah, got there he was yeah. only going to be there for a little oh, time. A little bit, a little bit, which was great. Well, it was good. We, we laugh about it all the time. You know, so me going back down there and him coming coincided with each other. So I had been gone for all that time. You know, people still appreciated me and knew who I was. But as he's doing his thing and tying my career, my freshman record here, and my name kept popping up uh, all over the place with him. So he got me popping again there down you there. Go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, kind of reinvigorated me down there. So uh, that that was cool though, man. But no, nah, it was great to watch, man. Um, you know, he's one of them dudes. You just just be, even as a young kid, you being around him, you got a different level of maturity. His work ethic was insane in terms of you know everybody knew he was leaving, but you know I'm talking about study hall every night, three point even the spring semester when it was done. Like yeah, he's handling his business wow. just like good kid. You know, hung out a little bit, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just just being a good, solid guy. So you see it. And then, and then with the talent, it's like, yeah, this kid, is he's about to be I through mean, the roof. So what I see now is I saw I knew that was coming. So you grew yeah. up a Knicks fan? I grew up a Knicks fan off and on, okay. I'll be honest with you. you I some, grew up an off and on Knicks, Knicks fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. I just I was, lost a little bit of respect for you. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to I'm, I'm gonna explain it all to you. So – I was a Nick fan as a as a kid, obviously. You know what I mean. That was the first. You know, as a ten, I saw you initially. Yeah. Um, but like the Trent Tucker, Marvin Webster, <laughs> was probably a little bit before <laughs> that you. Era. That know. era, it was tough over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was crazy, and I'm going on a tangent. But I remember my first. My father brought me to my first Nick game. I don't know. I was young, and this is how far all the craziness has come. You used to be able to at a certain time toward the end of the game. They would let you walk down there, and if dudes on the bench, you can get an autograph. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't interact. Like, you can't. Yeah, you could interact. You would see, dude. We saw, we saw Marvin Webster getting a snow cone out here after the game. Like, <laughs> they were larger in life, but not untouchable. Almost right. like now, dudes, like you know, you feel like you'll never see LeBron anywhere. They, they he lives bubble. on a different planet, right? right. So, uh, that was different. But yeah, I started out as a Nick fan. And then I, I I transitioned to what a lot of kids do now. I started being a fan of players, players right? Okay. Dr. J, Isaiah Thomas. Then I just started liking players. And then when the Ewan era came, I jumped came back, back on board. board. And then after the Ewan era, I got back off. <laughs> I'm back on now because David Fisdale played at San Diego. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah, my guy, right. my boss is one of his better friends. So Fizz is all, you know, I know him a little bit, pulling for him. So I'm back on the Nick bandwagon, man. Hopefully we can, it ain't, ain't too much worse, you know, we nah. can do. You know what I mean? You got to be careful using the word we, though, since you are on again, off again, fam. Nah, I'm a, you I'm can't say quite we. jump on nah, like that. But, but why not? If I, I can jump on with the worst, you got to give me credit. They had the worst record in the league. Nah, I'm going to say we. I'm playing with you. You got to give me credit for saying we to the worst team in the league right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give them a few more years, and I might, I don't know, I might have to go back to players so, again. So speaking of, K, we were talking about KD a second yeah. ago. Uh, how did you feel as a born-again Knicks fan with his decision not come here but went, going to Brooklyn? I i am be honest, man. Like, I thought it was a, a long shot from the beginning. Like, yeah. I'm trying to tell guys, like, you know, like the Knicks can't – it's not that. And I, I hope we're not associated with them in any, in any no, way, no, just no, being no. this close. But no. 
Until Dolan, I don't see dudes wanting to come play here for Dolan, man. The owner, you know what I mean? He's getting Oakley beat up and arrested, and yeah. who wants to deal with that? I, you know, know what I mean? I, like I don't, I don't see any players kind. And players talk, man. Like of course, it's like anything else. They're like, oh, you mess with that Dolan dude, he's racy, this, that, and other. Like until they figure that out, it's gonna be quiet, it's gonna be man. It's gonna be quiet. It got to yeah. be. It's gonna have to be organically grown with draft picks and all of this other kind of stuff. Because like the marquee guys, they don't want to come deal with that. I'm. I'm I don't wish ill on anyone. I hope there's a, a smart business decision that allows him to offload the team to somebody that will represent yeah. you know, an ownership stake the right, right way. Um, but, man, kind of wish, you know what happened to the Clippers, dude? Some yeah, dirt came something up. like that. Yeah, some dirt like, came out. They removed I him. I wouldn't cry if no, that I'm, No, you'd cry <laughs> because you'd be happy because things could start right. to move forward, man, <laughs> right, because right, right. it's just and, – and, you know – he got the team from his dad. It's like a toy for him. It is. You know what I mean? Bro. His dad That's gave him the team, and this is just part of his big portfolio. He plays. It's like his PlayStation. Yeah. The Knicks are. Yeah. yeah true. So. So. so got to figure that out. You 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 got your shot at coaching. Yeah. The, from the great, uh, late great mm. Rick Majerus. Yes, sir. Uh, that was in New Mexico. No, at uh, St. Louis. Oh, yeah, damn yeah. It. Okay. No, I like did, what you're doing. You no, do I like time. what you're doing. You did. Time yeah, I did. I did time. I did time in Albuquerque. I did two years in in that camp. <laughs> so, so you in Missouri? Yeah. Um, what was that like? Because that's again, you start from scratch again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that experience like? It was a few layers. It was tough in the regards that my wife was was pregnant with my youngest daughter Savannah. Okay. And she was living in Austin, so I was going to be a graduate assistant. So it was like this something I, I got to go make this run to you know get my thing rolling, but. It, it never really, to be honest, it never really felt right because, you know, like I got my, my wife's pregnant like 1,500 miles away. Right. Now, professionally, it was great for me because, um, first of all, Coach Majerus is like one of the great basketball minds, yeah. number one. Um, and just if that's your introduction to coaching basketball, I mean, I, I don't know, and especially at the college level, I, I don't know if it was, could be anything better yeah. um, in terms of just learning what this thing's about because I think part of the – deal like a lot of guys say they want to get into it. after I finish, oh I want to get in I want to talk to you only because they see that game on ESPN and you suited up and it was live and so they see that part of it right but they don't know the daily grind right. of it right. um so I've really learned just what it took on a day-to-day basis to run a program from coach Majerus and you know just just how organized and detailed you had to be to be really good at this um so I was fortunate enough to kind of see that early, uh, even just as a graduate assistant, uh, and kind of just put my mind on the right track in terms of knowing how to what I need to do to develop and continue to develop and uh, to be taken seriously with this craft and continue to improve. Uh, you just got to be extremely organized, detail-oriented, um, clear in your communication. And, um, you know, those are some of the factors that I thought he was, he was superb at. Yeah. We talked about book a little bit earlier. And you guys, you know, guys kind of follow similar paths yeah. as far as, you know, your basketball careers and now today as coaches, uh, well, yeah, I know up, up, up until yeah. the, the snafu there. Um, were, did he have anything to do with your want to get into coaching or vice versa? Like, did you guys inspire each other for that? No, you know, Book had stopped playing before I did. Right. Um, so he was already in the coaching. He was doing the JUCO stuff at Monroe. In the Bronx, yep. um, he was doing you know the Gauchos, uh, and I, I still remember I was still playing, and it was such a big deal. I still remember reading the paper, 
because I used to read when I was in Europe I read the New York the Daily News every day that's part of it I still do to this day mm -hmm. you read the post and the news online uh, to start my day but I saw where um, you know Sean was going to hire him Sean Miller was going to hire him and Xavier for like 85,000 right. and it was like wow 85,000 wow you know what I mean like dude's yeah. going crazy uh, so he was already into it he was doing it and I, I kind of leaned on him a little bit to get some you know, get some facts and some advice as I was getting into it. Um, but he was kind of already off off to the races uh, before I decided to get in there. But um, no, nah, Book Book is my guy, man. From before Saint, I mean, we played from the Riverside no. Church days, twelve and twelve you together. Um, and I, I don't, I haven't, I don't know if I told, I don't tell people, many people this, but Book was like the first dude. One of the first, because uh, my other guy, Jamel, who's St. Ray's guy, too, was part of this, too. But the, those, the, he was one of the first dudes to, like, really make me believe I was good. Like, mm. in my mind, I thought I was good. You know what I'm saying? But he was, like, he was like that, my hype man. Like, every practice, every game, like, yo, they can't stop you, lefty. Yo, you nice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but like, he had yeah, that energy. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, and he made me go from, like, believing in myself to really thinking I was that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was, like, my first real battery. Wow. You know what I mean? So that's... That's why my dude holds a real special place, among other things, with me, man, because he just put a, put a, a certain type of a next level self belief. He helped me develop. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's critical. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't get that. So yeah. That's dope. Yeah. No question. That's real dope. Yeah. Um. So today you're a coach at San Diego. Yep. University of San Diego. University yeah. of San Diego. Yeah. Assistant coach there. Yeah. You've been there for a couple, three years. I'm going into my third year. Yeah. 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 Yep. How's so? Did you move there for this opportunity? Yeah, yeah, okay. no question. Um, you know the coaching game is crazy, man. I, I, I would, I've been, we've been yearning to get somewhere and, and plant some roots, which is just hard, you know, yeah. with, with the way the game goes, man. The, the dude, everybody's jumping around and trying to get to the next deal. But uh, I was at New Mexico prior. Um, our coach, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna, I ain't gonna say we. Our head coach got fired, which normally means the staff is right. done as well. Right. Uh, so that happened. Um, because I like to think because I've always shown solid character and developed the right relationships, uh, we were able to pretty much uh, lay on our feet. Um, you know, with some rocky some, times, some you, yeah, yeah. But you know, relatively, you know, smooth sailing to get this deal to San Diego, and you know, just worked out to where um, you know benefited the the unit for the you know per se. You know what I mean? Because. You know, as as you get older, man. You know, I'll be honest. You know, my wife she'll tell you this before I can get it out of my mouth. But you know, at, at first it was like, and it, she still might feel. But it was always about what's good for me, right? You know what I mean? Then the kids start getting older, and their needs change, and all that kind of stuff. So it's never just now. It's not just a no brainer to go over here because it looked good for me. You know what I mean? So this San Diego deal looked pretty good for all of us, and you know, so far it's worked out that way. I I, I think it's been great for for my kids and you know my wife is a chameleon she could adapt Damn. and move in whatever environment she's in um and you know we never touched the west coast living so you know it's another another um another box check for us in terms of you know life experiences um and you know just grateful that you know i got i got i got some versatile mobile people um you know i got my back man i, I gotta tell you so i've i've done a a little bit of moving, not as extensive as you yeah. guys. Um, with so I have three kids. And okay, my wife. How? Oh. Twelve, twelve-year-old daughter, six-year-old son, and a three-year-old. Oh, you grinding? Yeah. yeah. So at every stop, we've had one of these kids, right? Well, two in Florida, but one in, in San Francisco. And what you said about your wife, her being a chameleon, has been probably the 
the fundamental difference in our ability to succeed because it's largely been a career shift for me right. in a similar regard. Right. And she has understood that to be beneficial to the unit. Right. Right. Not discounting what she does. Right. Or actually, I would big her up even more because as soon as she gave up her career to go raise the children and I, I saw the day to day of that. I was like, yo, I'll snuff the next person that says, yo, your wife is just a housewife. Right. Because, nah, you know, when you're having that. a conversation and even I sometimes I'll say, yeah, uh, they'll ask me, like, what's your wife doing? I'm like, oh, she's a housewife. And I catch myself. Catch yourself, yeah. Because yeah. it makes it sound less than. Right. And Like she's just but, chilling in the house. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Not the case, kid. Not at all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Not at all. So, so I, I give my wife all the time. I'm like, yo, I don't understand, like. Why are you this good to me? What like I don't feel sometimes I feel I, like, I, I don't, feel worth, don't want, unworthy, right? Yeah, yeah no, no question. And, and that no makes question. me step it up, kind of like you know when you got challenged by the Caesar, it kind of steps me up. It's right. like all right, now I got to go extra, right? No question, and do better yeah. by her yeah. because like it's it's so difficult to to be able to do all these things that we want to accomplish. No doubt. Yeah, selfishly, you want to get to a certain place, but you know, especially nowadays, you know that if if it can benefit the entirety of your family. Mm -hmm. That's probably the right move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're now, you know, a few years into coaching, right? So I, you, you're a you're a vet. Yeah. I'll call you right as as a coach. Pretty much. How is your how is recruiting versus the other aspects of what you do? Like, is that a big component yeah, of what you yeah. do? Recruiting is like the, it's the major part of it. I mean, and it, it always depends. Recruiting in any program is the major part because you got to keep talent coming in, yeah. and you know you got to keep that flowing. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot other stuff depending on what level of school you're at. You know, if you're at a Power Five, Alabama, Auburn, you don't have to really worry about academics. You, you got a staff of forty people to handle that. Right. You know what I mean? So it just kind of depends on where you are and the resources you have. Um, will we'll tell you how much you're going to have on your plate. But definitely recruiting um, is first and foremost uh, in, in college athletics, whether that's football, basketball, baseball, uh, just because that's that's the lifeblood, right? That's what keeps it going, bringing in talented guys and pushing your, your deal forward with every class um, and things like that. So definitely the recruiting um, the, is a big part, but it's also the – most laborious labor, whatever you know, labor intensive, labor intensive, yeah. and then with the climate of it now, it's uh, it's amazing that and you know we recruit the best players we can recruit, but we're not recruiting against UCLA and Arizona, sure. and you know what I mean. Yeah. So I can that's a whole different ball game. But even the guys we recruit, and I'm not, I don't want to put a no, you make not a not blanket statement, the but. The way it is now, man. If I'm recruiting a kid, I got to call him. I can talk to his mom. I got to talk to his uncle. Then his trainer and his high school coach. Like wow. God, man. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a everything is a spectacle now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everything is a you know a prize. I want to go through my prize. Like the code words and the language and all the stuff these kids are hearing the pros say, and it, it's just get it, it gets kind of ridiculous hmm. uh, sometimes. Um, so it's it's refreshing when you find a kid that you're gonna recruit and you ask them who's gonna help you make decisions like yeah just me and my mom or me and my mom and dad it's like great just that's it that's the only phone calls i gotta make because it, it gets the, the way the game has exploded and how popular it is now and um all that stuff it's made it's made people crazy man hmm. um it, and it's a shame too because i was just having this conversation i want to say a day or two ago i can't remember um the, the difference now is man we when we were coming up, and I, I try to chalk it up. I try not to get into the, sound like an old man. You know these kids today. And yeah. It's just I just try to chalk it up. It's just a different time, right? right? So when we were young, 
when we talked to you about like the process of fit, picking St. Ray's and how all that went, we were really in the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we had goals and visions, but we were really caught up in the process. Nowadays, people just trade all the process. <laughs> I'm going through my process. Like, right. but now you talk to a parent of an eighth grade kid, he's like, yeah, he he my son a pro. He's already over here, right? <laughs> Where, where's all of this? Yeah, where, where's the process at? Where's right. you know where, what are you gonna enjoy? Because let me tell you something. When you get to that, it's business, baby. You know what I mean, like you gotta get your you gotta fulfill your emotions and what the what the game can bring to you in terms of just the purity of it. Yeah. Because once you start, once money start getting exchanged, you know, get paid, kind of purity is over, right? Yeah. And then, like in, in terms of being a pro, like those are your teammates; those aren't your friends. You know what I mean? Like all of this stuff you're doing now, your high school team, your college, those, those will be your guys for life. Right. When you start getting to the business, like so, so, it bothers me when I hear people just go to the end game with these young guys now because they missing what the real part of what the game brings to you you know what i'm saying like yeah at the end there's some big money and you got great opportunities to set up your family all that that's great don't get me wrong but what about the human part of it right the 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 day-to-day interaction the growth and development the you know the helping the next man you know what i'm saying like all of those elements that it takes you know to to you know build build a a a complete kid a complete young man uh it's just it bothers me when i hear people say certain things because i feel like we're skipping a lot, a lot of those steps. A lot yeah. of steps. Yeah. Well, how do you look at New York basketball mm-hmm. these days? So you you were privileged enough to come right. up in an era where everywhere you turned, there was a spotlight on New York, mm-hmm. but also the talent level oh, was yeah. superior, yeah. right? How do you look at it today? Yeah, I was just having a couple of weeks ago, I was in Phoenix recruiting at a, one of these camps, and I was having this conversation with my, one of my boys who's from L.A. You know, he, he wanted to have the conversation because he feels like – Everybody, LA got it. Everybody feels like New York doesn't have it now. You okay. know what I mean? Like, like Texas think they got it. Houston, they, LA, everybody think they have it now. But more so than anything, everybody feels like New York doesn't because right. we had a chokehold on it for so long. Right. Uh, it's a couple elements to it. First, I think the first element is the game is more popular, man. Like, it's everywhere now, right? It's it's popular. It's always been a popular game, but it's as popular as it's ever been globally. Right. So before the game was popular and all, but Everybody knew you had to come through here or somehow to make a mark. You had to be known in New York. You had to come play through New York, whatever the case may be. As the game has grown, that's that's really out the window now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the have to do the New York thing. Um, and then along those same lines, you know, the, the, the school system is different now, man. The high school system now. You got Jersey, is the prep schools and yeah. all that kind of stuff is blown up. Um, the last 10, 15 years, I mean, it was a point when we were coming through with the CHSA. That was it. Like, for high school, if I make, if I can play varsity there, I'm yeah, good. Now you got kids leaving the CHSA to go to Roselle Catholic or St. Benedict's or some of these spots in Jersey or the NEPSAC schools up in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's part of it. Um, I also think when we go back to talk about the coaches, man, like Coach Curran at Malloy and Gary and – uh, Coach Murray at Hayes and all these guys, you're talking about 30, 40 years at these schools, like real coaches, real investment in the kids. Um, now, you know, dudes are touching everybody. And then, again, it's not a blanket statement, but a big part, everybody wants some. Everybody's trying to come up. The coaches are kind of trying to come up. The AU is trying to come up. The trainers, like, so the, the, the investment in the kids and the brand and the game is not there in New York like it once was. Mm-hmm. Um the purity of it. The purity of it. Yeah. Um, and I think I still think it's a tremendous talent here. Um, and then the AAU scene, like when we were coming up, two travel teams, Riverside Gauchos. You had to, now you had a young life and aim high and 
some of these other, but they weren't traveling. You had two teams that traveled, man. You had to be like a guy to to, to, <laughs> to be able to travel. Spot. Now you got the Wrens, PSA Cardinals, Long Island Lightning, Castle Athletics. I mean, you got so many teams that that's just um, it's over. It's so oversaturated, right? And, and then it, it it spreads the talent out all over the place. The way it's like, man, the teams from New York never win an AAU. Well, if we put all our good guys on one team, like they do in Memphis or they do in Houston or wherever, you know, a lot of these other places, then, you know, you'll see we're still extremely talented. But it's just the oversaturation of, of programs, and which is great because more kids get opportunity to, to experience things. But, you know, it, 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 it waters it down a little bit. So yeah. I just think the, the population, of the, the popularity of the game has exploded. Um, you know, our, our product has gotten watered down by so many more clubs and so many more schools. And, you know, the game has spread in this area to New York, to, to New Jersey and up to New England. So it's kind of taken away from it. But I still say, man, it, don't nothing touch the intensity of even now. I mean, you go to Dykeman or yeah. wherever else, you know what I mean, Nike Pro, whatever. I mean, you still guys still want to come to New York, though. I mean, I don't think that ever changed. Dudes from down south or out west, you still have that curiosity like, man, can I make it out can there? I, can I, yeah, see what I'm made of and go out there. So we, we still hold a throne in our own way. Um, it's just like I said, the game's more popular now. It's oversaturated, so it, it, it's a little bit different. But, you know, I think we'll always forever be known as the mecca of the game. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. And, I mean, I think it, it proves when the Knicks are good, which haven't happened for a while, or St. John's is good. Like, the game is better. It's just a better feeling throughout the game of basketball when the teams from New York and Philly and, you know, the major basketball markets are good. So, yeah. you know, we, we we here. We ain't going nowhere, man. We're we going to be here forever. You know, and it's cycles. You know, everything works in cycles. It does. Yeah. I'm, I have this conversation with a lot of folks. And um, when you look outside, right, you're walking down the street, mm-hmm. any park in the city, 20 years ago, there was it was packed. It didn't matter what neighborhood you were mm-hmm. in. You couldn't get you, – you had to wait to get a next, yeah. right? Now – there's an overabundance of empty basketball. It's unbelievable. I said that a few years back when I came up here one summer or spring, and it was, like, lovely outside. And I saw multiple empty parks. Like, yeah. it hurt me. It, I, that's how I it feel. I, I often were driving around with the family, and I look to my left, and, you know, my kids already know me. So I look, and then the park is empty. And it's pristine. It's like a yeah, beautiful Yeah, park. like, we love to have like, a park yo, like that. Like, yo, the crappy parks back in the day was Packed. flooded. Yeah. And I look and I and I go, damn! And my kids already know, yeah, dad, nobody's in the park today. I'm like, yo, and it's like you said, it's gorgeous, yeah, perfect it's crazy, weather, crazy. And to me, and I've had this conversation with a few folks. Um, there's a parallel there, right? When you talk about New York hoops, uh, a gentleman put this to me, and I knew this, but I didn't. Re- he put a finer point on it, which was basically the New York park scene, the street ball circuit. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it from the Dykemans and the Rucker. I yeah, mean just, just a, a casual on the, neighborhood. Yeah, on the street, yeah. It's empty now. And people have either migrated to the gyms or have just abandoned playing in the parks right. generally. Right. So once you get that vibe and culture back in the parks, it seems like it'll start to breed a little bit more that's, of that, right? That's 100. That's I, yeah. I, I think it's worth exploring. No, question. There's no question. I mean, because you have to look at it as that was once a foundation of right. – our basketball culture right. that's not there right now and our basketball culture is not what it once was right so you have to take that into consideration um and then you know i know we talked about a lot of stuff today and i didn't mention this but my journey that's where my journey started right mm-hmm. that's where you really learn like you know you have a couple fights a couple stitches 
get chased out of some parks. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? You earn your grit there. Have a good day and feel for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you go through so much learning in that environment that's not it's controlled, but it's not. And it helps you translate to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. And you got a great point, man. We're missing that. We're missing that. And I don't know how we can get that back, but we need to figure it out because we're thirsty. Any kind of park. Any kind yeah. of park, man. Yeah. You had to move some glass off. Yep. You know, you hit, it rained a couple of days ago, but you, that little dent with a puddle just stays there. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's... The rim is on this on this baseline. It's where you want to shoot from this baseline. You know what I'm saying? Like you adapt. Yeah, you adapt. The dead backboard. You got to shoot it hard. Like all of the stuff that you you know helps you figure things out on the court. It comes from playing on that blacktop, and you you, you got a hell of a point, man. We 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 need to figure that out. Yeah, we do. Yeah, my brother. Oh um, man, I know we could talk for more, oh, but all I, day. I, I definitely again I want to respect the time with your your Appreciate family. You, man. And I thank you so much for stopping through, coming all the way from San Diego out here for for a brother in this moment in time. Much love and appreciation. Nah, man, he did. Um, it was all good, baby. Anytime, man. I would love to obviously stay, stay in touch, man. Definitely be a big supporter. Um, I rock the rock the the hoodie. Yeah. Um, you know, take some, flick it up, put it on my my social. Appreciate and, that. And um, man, anything I can do to help, if you know, I mean, ain't nothing I can do to help a big time dude like yourself. But if I can help push a guest this way, or if you got a question about anybody that. You know, you might need to try to get in touch with whatever the case may be, man. However, I can help, please. I appreciate it. Reach By out. the way, I am going to air that, so I'm going to hold you. Yeah, to please it. do. Yeah, put me on, <laughs> put, put, hold my feet to the fire, man. Make me do that. Yeah, for sure. No, nah, man, but yo, it was a pleasure. Home team, home team. Um, family, thank you for allowing this to happen. Because I give y'all all the credit. Yeah, um, hey, big, big deal. I, is there a place anybody can reach you? Do you want to be reached? That's up to you. Yeah, always, man. You can holler at me. I'm on, you know, I'm on, I'm on all those platforms. I'm on Instagram, T Wrench one seven four, T R E N C H one seven four, one seven four Street. Uh, you already know, you know the, the B X. Uh, then on um, on Twitter. Yeah. Your full name. I'm at T Wrench T E E R E N C H. Okay. Um, like I said, I don't really mess around on Facebook. You know, you can always find me on Facebook. But those are the two social media sites. Um, you can holler at me. You know, I, I'm not extremely active. I'm an eye hustler. You know what I mean? I'm watching. I'm watching a lot, but not giving a no lot likes. of myself. No yeah. likes or comments. <laughs> not, not a lot, but no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on it. If uh, anybody reach out to me, I'll definitely get back. But, um, yo, man, it's my pleasure, man. You got a real deal going up here. Not to say that I didn't expect anything less, uh, but serious business, man. Professional setup. Definitely appreciate the time. Appreciate that, brother. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M.